And so it is. Dear Chambra, we gather together in this classroom of the new energy of earth, the new energy of all the cosmos. I want to take just a moment here to feel all of you, allow you to feel the energy of I, Tobias, energy of all of Chambra connecting right now from all over the world, the energy of the angels who participate in these gatherings. We say that they are in the the second circle around you. They are the observers. They are watching what is going on on this planet Earth. There's no grander planet. There's no smarter planet. There's no more advanced planet. We know sometimes you look at things from an interesting perspective, should we say. I think there's a term that even we use back in my time. It's called the backside of the donkey. <laughs> you tend to look at it as that you don't have the answers, that you're mere, um, as you would say, puny humans, that you are in some sort of search, a type of Moses uh, search, 40 years wandering in the desert, in some of your cases, 40, 400 lifetimes pretending to wander, wander through this place called Earth. You know, it is really not so difficult, but there's a consciousness that tends to make it difficult. Plus, indeed, you have things like uh, gravitational forces, very odd magnetic forces and other things that, that make it seem difficult. But the journey here is really quite simple. The journey here is about, ultimately, a self-discovery, a relationship with yourself, and therefore a relationship with the other energies, the other entities that exist. It's really quite simple. In a sense, it doesn't have to take hundreds or thousands of lifetimes to accomplish. In another sense, there's a choosing for this path which we're going to talk about today. But now take this moment to feel Chambra gathering. Yes, indeed. Interesting um, astrological aspects taking place right now. They don't rule you. They are tools for you. They are tools for you to grab, reach out and grab and use in your life. When energies such as a moon or an eclipse or Things like the Virgo or Pisces aspect. These are all opportunities or potentials for you. If you look from the backside of the camel, it looks like these things are ruling your life, that you're in, uh, how do you say this, uh, Mercury retrograde. I hear this all the time. It must be Mercury retrograde. <laughs> yes, it, and indeed, at times it is, but you can reach into it and take its potentials and use it and your creatorship work, and your teaching work on earth, it doesn't have to put you under. It can, it can empower you. It can bless you. Tremendous events happening right now, what you call the, in the stars of the cosmos. You feel these events, but actually what you're really feeling, more than anything, is not just the events, but the effect that they have on the unawakened, the other people. How... They're standing at the backside of the goat or the sheep. 
and feeling the effects. Instead of being creators, instead of realizing that these are tools, they think that somehow they're victims, somehow there is a, a type of destiny, somehow they're supposed to feel the heaviness or the burden or perhaps the, um, the lightness of these events. These are tools, tools that you created for yourself. Have you forgotten? Astrology, a beautiful tool for you. But yet over the course of, uh, of time, over the burdens of consciousness, you tend to, many people tend to think that these are things that rule you. Houses that rule you, not at all. They're potentials that you put in your path to serve you. Reach out and grab into the moon, into the eclipse right now. Grab what you need. An eclipse is a time of changing, a time of shadowing. A time of moving into a new cycle. Reach out and grab exactly what energy you choose in it for your life. But beware. Those energies are potent because you have activated them. You have brought them into your life and they do work. Hmm. Shamba, we're going to take a moment here before we get into the heart of our discussion today. There's some biological balancing work that we want to do with you. We need to do with you. You see, as yes, most of you, these aches and pains in your body, these questions about what's happening inside of you. You have one foot in the old energy. We have the other foot in the new energy. And there is a, what do you call a, a picture here that comes to mind. Have you ever had it? You're standing with one foot in one rowboat, another foot in another rowboat, and sometimes the currents seem to be going in two different ways, and uh, it can have its effects, of course. So here you are. Here you are, awakened, conscious humans, aware that the new energy is now in your life, not out there somewhere else, not hidden under a rock, not stored away in a secret cave or in a special chalice. It is here now, available for you, for you to use. But you're still dealing with the old energy world all around you, and it tends to bring you down. It tends to literally drain your energy. So we're going to take a moment here together just to rejuvenate the biology, to let the biology catch up with your consciousness. You see, sometimes they tend to be, they tend to um, get out of balance. Your consciousness races forward, and your body's not sure what to do, partly because you don't have the type of relationship with your body yet that is totally balanced and harmonious, partly because your body is, is still functioning uh, and moving through its patterns as it assimilates new energy into it, partly because your entire DNA, other aspects of your particle being are changing right now. So we use this beautiful moment together with the energies of Shambra, whether you are here right now, whether you have joined us through your electronic media, whether you are reading or listening to this later, we have brought in very special angelic beings who work with the balancing of energies between the other realms, between the physical realms. And we're going to take just a moment. That's all it takes, by the way. Just a moment 
to allow your body to catch up with your consciousness. Take a deep breath. Your consciousness has been opening up very quickly. It's been expanding, not just in this dimension, but into the other dimensions. Your body has taken up the, um, how to say, the, the work of getting you around in physical form. It's performing the more mundane tasks that are needed for your entity self. Your body is, has taken on much of the uh, energy um, dysfunction that's going on all around you and within you. And we use this beautiful moment, gathered here with Shambra, to take a deep breath. Let the body catch up. This is kind of like taking a um, spiritual bath together. <laughs> Letting the energies from those who come in to assist today to soothe the body. To release any pent-up energies in the body. Let the body rebalance itself. There's much energy imbalance right now in what you would call your physical heart. I'm not talking about heart attacks. We're just talking about the energy, the life force energy that's pumped every, every minute, every hour through your body, from your heart. It's not just blood that your heart pumps. It's life force energy circulating it throughout your entire biology. We're going to focus the beautiful energies, the balancing energies here in the heart area. Yes, I know your back might be hurting. You might have a headache. You might feel symptoms in your stomach, but let's take the moment. Open up the heart. Let it rebalance. Let it send its healing, soothing energies to every part of your physical body. This work of a new energy teacher, that is difficult on the physical body, you know. Not just the mind, but the physical body tends to tend to pick up uh, so much of the uh, excess energy, so much of the uh, out-of-balance energy. So let's take another deep breath together. Let the body catch up with the consciousness and release. We have much to discuss today with Shambra. We have some very uh, special guests with us today. One in particular. We're going to ask you to feel the energy. Now, this is not a guessing game here. This is a feeling experience. I'm not trying to guess a name here. Feel the energy of this entity who comes in today as our very special guest. Energy started moving in several days ago. It plays an important part in the transmission of energies today in the shout. Energy came in almost like you would say like on a on a winged horse during the music. 
energy you would associate with a masculine, although as we know you are both masculine and feminine, but the association you have to it is masculine. The energy of our guest, just feeling the energy here, not trying to guess, has been on earth before, has been on earth as recently as 70 years ago. The energy was very instrumental in some of your modern scientific advancements and is going to be very instrumental in some of the new energy scientific advances. And the energy indeed, as many of you have already felt and know, is Nikola Tesla comes in to visit on this day and will be our guest for the next several shouts. Tesla is walking around the room right now, almost running around the room, touching, feeling, delighted to be a guest in, in this shout. Tesla has a very interesting background, as you would know from, from that lifetime as Tesla. Born in Austria to a Serbian family, an incredible, not just a mind, but an incredible creative and creator sense. Incredible, but yet ahead of his time. Tesla, Tesla actually came in with two other beings, in a sense matching uh, similarities in their lifetimes, although they did not all meet each other. Tesla was the, was the brilliance in a team that came in, but it needed the team to do the work that was done then, and it's relying on a team even now for some of its work. Tesla came in at about the same time as the one you know as Thomas Edison. They came in together on purpose. Oh yes, they had their um, and their discussions with each other. They went through one of the most uh, phenomenal debates with each other in modern scientific advancement. Alternating current versus direct current. Much of what was done with Tesla and Edison now accounts for the way you are able to live, the technology that you're able to use. It surpassed many of the technologies of even Atlantis, at least the mechanical or physical technologies. Tesla actually worked for Thomas Edison for a period of time, both in the laboratory coming out with some of the greatest advancements in the use of energy, in the use of electricity, and development of motor technology. But they both knew they could not uh, continue to work together. It was not part of their prior agreement. They had to be separate. In other words, they had to go off in their own ways. Edison played the role of being not just an inventor in his own right, but not nearly as brilliant as Tesla, but Edison was the manifester, or what you call the implementer. Edison was the one that was able to bring it in, many of these technologies that were coming through Tesla, to bring it in and to ground it on earth, and then to make it available to all humans, to, to consciously distribute the products, the products that you use today, light bulbs, movies, all these phonographs which have led to other developments and inventions. Edison was 
was uh, what you would call more of the commercial or the business mind. Look what has happened with the very companies that he helped to start a long time ago. They have flourished. They are now some of the biggest corporations in the world. They provide a flow of energies based on the original invention. So it was important for Tesla and Edison to come in together, to actually meet, to work together for a short period of time before Tesla went on to do other work. There was a third aspect that came in, part of this uh, this trilogy, to balance it out because they they needed another being who was able to go very multi-dimensionally and yet bring everything back into this reality. It's the one you know as Harry Houdini. They came in at approximately the same time. They came in with um, very a very close energetic bond to each other. And they needed they needed the three to make it work. They needed what Houdini had to offer, his understanding of of illusion. And actually Houdini's passion for understanding how the other realms worked. Houdini would spend much time in the other realms, in a consciousness level, of course, and then use much of that information that he had and bring it back to this realm. He had no tolerance, he had no patience for the ones who were frauds and manipulators because he understood some basic truths. He had to be very careful because he knew more than he let on. He had to be careful for a variety of reasons, consciousness, Humanity wasn't quite ready for it yet. You know that uh, he would be locked in jail if not if not executed for what he did know about how the dimensions worked, how the physics of other dimensions could actually be brought back in. Instead of revealing some of what you would call the secrets that he he understood, he actually energetically connected with Tesla in particular and fed uh, much of this consciousness and information that he was getting through Tesla, while Tesla was doing some of his advanced and very um, erotic, uh, esoteric kind of work in the later days. In the meantime, Tesla left the Edison laboratories, went off on his own. Not much of a businessman, they would say, but a hell of an inventor. A genius in his own right. Tesla actually came to this area, worked for in his laboratory for a long time in the mountains, in the area you call Colorado Springs. Incredible inventions were done there. He was able to tap into the energies of the mountains in that particular area, which are still very, very strong. It's no wonder with these incredibly intense energies that it has attracted things like the military, and religions to that area. But we have to point out that even as Tesla found out, these energies are so strong that for a while they seem like a type of um, uh, energetic steroid, an energetic uh, superfood. But, but you have to be very careful because these energies are so strong, they're not retreated with a certain amount of um, respect and a certain amount of grounding, it can literally backfire on those who um, would tend to abuse it. 
By the way, for some of you who live in that area, it is no surprise. You're drawn to that area for its incredible energy infusion, which you are using somewhat in your personal daily life, but you're using it also for your own spiritual growth and development. You're not necessarily meant to stay there. You're not meant to be uh, assigned there on a spiritual level to hold energy because you've gone far beyond that. But this area holds and still holds tremendous energy. Tesla worked on many experiments while he was in uh, Colorado Springs. He understood how to create certain wave um, fields, certain light fields that went far beyond beyond what even what current technology knows. He was able to work with the energy of light itself, the light particles and the light waves. He was able to work with the magnetics and electromagnetics, and he discovered things about these, about working with magnetics as a energy and fuel source that has never been uh, duplicated again. Tesla actually was able to create a type of, uh, this was not a machine, but it was a, what you would call a field or an energy force where he could literally play with the um, what you would call the limitations of time and space. He did literal time warping, space warping. In his experiments, he was able to also use them as a type of an interdimensional doorway. Of course, he was so far ahead of his time, and he knew the implications of his work particularly as the world was gearing up for major wars. He basically suppressed much of the information in the material. He allowed himself to um, go a bit crazy. He allowed himself to be seen as, uh, as a mad scientist and therefore not taken so seriously, although he knew within what he was, had been able to accomplish with some of the work that he did. Tesla has not reincarnated since, but he is. Um, when he first left uh, the physical body in the midst of World War II, he actually went off to what um, Saint Germain calls the crystalline realms. He went off to further explore his creations and discoveries. His energy has come back uh, into the earth realms in a very um, direct and very present way in these last few years. He is working right now with scientists, a few scientists, um, one group in particular, but others uh, as individuals, on some of the very developments that he was able to, um, to create in his lifetime, some of the very things that are going to have an effect on energy and on fuel for this earth. We don't want to say that he has the secret, but he was able to go beyond the barriers at the time into a a very deep uh, understanding of how energy truly works. Energy doesn't work, um, how to say, just on the level that uh, scientists and physicists and, and the others know right now. 
energy moves in and out of its uh, of this dimension it moves in and out of perceived reality energy in itself is a constant stream or constant flow that is always available but seldom used energy is a series of potentials that are created in the what you would call the highest realms and then brought to earth as tools tools by those who are aware of how to bring them in and how to use them. You're entering into a new energy time. So Tesla comes back now to work with developers, scientists, and uh, what you would call metaphysicians, Shambra. He comes in to help uh, plant some of the seeds and and inspire some of the minds right now to go beyond, to go out of the box, not just looking for answers to the fuel crisis that you have right now in things like uh, oil, in things like uh, wind or even solar. There are things that are so much more efficient and so more eloquent than, than what is being worked on right now. Because those who, who do much of the research tend to close themselves down, tend to limit themselves. And if nothing else, some of the demands from their um, beneficiaries, from their companies, limit them in terms of their, what you would say, their budget work and uh, the scope of their work. There's one group in particular of scientists uh, where we will not name who have broken out of the uh, old energy system. They've gone off on their own, truly working on some of these, uh, these very ingenious, but actually very simple energy resolutions. Tesla plans to come back into the physical form sometime after the quantum leap, but right now he is busy at work. And in a sense, he has a request for, for all of you, Chambra, all around the world right now. A request to understand the nature of the work that he and you are doing. You provide a consciousness platform. You provide a consciousness energy and flow. You see, he can communicate in, in a nonverbal way to some of these uh, scientists and physicists, some of these inventors, but yet most of them are working so much in the mind that they don't, they don't hear, they don't even feel the energy coming in. It is difficult sometimes for those of us on the other realms to make the connection. We can, in a sense, scream and shout you know, what we know, trying to communicate it, but if there are beings who are not open to that, the information is not received. However, when there are a group of humans on earth who are open in consciousness, who are grounded in this reality but expanded into the others, that can have more of a direct benefit on, on the researchers and developers than just us on the other realms. Nicola comes in today and asks for your conscious awareness of the work that he is doing with those who are developing new fuel sources, new food sources, new energy sources for this world. Nicola is coming in to ask you as 
experienced energy movers to work with Him to help move the energy, expand the energy for those who are working in the laboratories right now, for those who are trying to understand how to bring this um, information that is available back down to the earthly realms for the sake of new energy for this world. They're getting closer and closer to it, but they've allowed some things to uh, create barriers. They don't understand some of the multidimensional physics. They're actually, by the way, trying to search too hard in their mind for the answer. You see, the answer is there right around them right now. But they're searching too hard and they're not seeing it. With the conscious acknowledgement of Shambra, working with the energies of Tesla, we can help bring this energy to Earth and provide the grand aha to some of these um, inventors. We can help bring in true new energy, new fuel sources into this world because the world will need it. <clears throat> the population is growing. Energy demands at every level are surging. You're depleting, rapidly depleting, the old energy resources. No matter what you read from some researchers, we we don't, uh, how to say, we don't go uh, looking into the ground and seeing oil reserves. From our perspective, we see an, um, energy patterns. and We see how much of this fossil fuel is left on Earth, uh, at least uh, viable and available to uh, for use, and it is running out. There is almost uh, not a panic button, but a um, how to say a flashing light saying, "Dear world, dear humans, it is running out." Yes, you have another good twenty or thirty years, but during that twenty or thirty years, it has the potential with the oil situation to cause more wars, to cause more conflicts to cause more imbalance in the energy flow systems, including finances. So right now there are, are humans on Earth who are working on the new solutions, but you, Shambra, can participate in that today. You may or may not be the ones who actually come up with the answer, with the solution. But it's not important so much, is it, that your name is attached to it, that you were the grand inventor? The important thing is that you were part of a process of rejuvenation and expansion on Earth in this time of the new energy. So Nikolai will be um, will be coming around, talking to you, sharing things with you. Uh, his energy hasn't been uh, so very present uh, in the past. He's making it much more available right now. Some of you who are scientifically uh, bent. He would be happy to come in and discuss some of his concepts, particularly those that went beyond just uh, the concept stage into the actual manifestation stage. We have several things to, to speak to you about today. We have a lot of information. We're relaying it on many different levels, not just the spoken word. Let's talk first about this whole illusion of time. We've discussed it before, but it becomes more pertinent right now to the work that you are doing. 
You could say that you're actually, in a way, in a sense, going backwards through time. You're going backwards through time. This was a principle that uh, the energy of Merlin, by the way, Merlin was many different um, individuals. It was almost like a like um, it was bestowed from one to the other over the ages. Merlin wasn't just one being. It was a, it was a title, it was a wizard's title that was given to many, but there's an en- overall energy, you could say, uh, um, um, an order of Merlin. Merlin understood this whole concept of walking backwards through time. It's a very simple concept. In a sense, you could say that um, you have already arrived. We said several years ago, you've already ascended. You've already arrived in the new energy. You've already arrived at the total reintegration of all of your aspects. And you've arrived at this whole new relationship between yourself, your soul, your physical body, every part of you, a new a new and holistic relationship. You've already arrived there. So you say, well, Tobias, if I've arrived, why does it seem like I'm always trying to find it, understand it? Well, there's a very interesting dynamic that transcends time. You make the choice first. You come to the finish line first because you've chosen it, and then you go backwards through time to see what it was like to get there. A very simple principle. You do it all the time, you just don't realize it. You get up in the morning and you say, I'm going to arrive at work. You've made a choice, and in a sense, it has already been created. You will arrive at work. Now, what is the experience of going to your job look like? Is the experience going to be um, uh, heavy traffic? Is the experience going to be a quiet, a meditative drive? Is the experience going to be one of talking to Tesla on your way in in the morning? When you take a trip somewhere, you look at a map and you say, I want to go from Cold Creek Canyon to Incline Village, Nevada. You've already arrived. You're already there. But you go backwards through time to experience the joy of going to the airport, of going through security, <laughs> of sitting in that tiny little restrictive space and feeling what it's like to have your body cramped up, of what it's like to fly over the beautiful country, and what if it's like to go through the turbulence as the plane gets shaken back and forth and you wonder if it's going to crash and you're going to die. All part of the experience, walking back in time. This is a very important principle, a very essential principle, and it's one that all of you teachers, Shambra, should understand when you're doing your own work and you're working with other humans. Part of the problem is that most humans never make a choice of where they're going to arrive, so they are wandering in a timeless zone wondering what they're doing, where they're going. They have no clue of the final destination and what it's like to walk backwards through time. They're the ones who are out there wandering energetically at night in, the, in sleep. Generally, Shambra don't just wander at night. You've got places to go and angels to see. So. <laughs> 
is a very important point to remember in your own work, and again in working with other humans. When you look at them in the eye, when you're teaching them, when you're guiding them through their own awakening process, the key is when they've made that choice at some level, at their deeper inner level or their human consciousness level, they've made a choice to awaken, as you would call it, to become conscious, as we would call it, and to experience the transformation into their own new energy and the realization of their own divinity. Now they have selected a destination. They've made a choice. The choice at times might have been made at a soul level, or what you would call a higher consciousness level, but the human aspect, and sometimes the spirit aspect, is holding back, is resisting, is becoming very stubborn. So now you have a, a wandering being, so to speak, aimlessly wandering. But when the human says, I choose enlightenment, I choose awareness, I choose whatever you want to call it, new energy, ascension, any of these things, now they have already arrived. Now they're going to go through what it's like to experience getting there in the first place. That is what we call walking backwards through time. It is a physics of, um, of the universe, but not necessarily a belief or an understanding at the human level. Basically, there is no time. The time is, a, is an artificial creation by humans to help understand how to get from one moment to the next in their daily journey. Time, if you all took off your watches, and if you all were sitting in a, in a totally closed-off room where you do, didn't see the sun or the, the moon, you would lose this whole sense of time, the ticking of the minutes and the hours. And you would understand that time is just a belief system the time that you have divided uh, energy into. In reality, and uh, definitely in the other realms, what you would call time is a matter of sequence of events that takes place, or a secret sequence of uh, uh, what we call points of separation that take place. It is a series of choices or sequences that build one upon the other. But because the final choice has already been made, the sequence of events, in a sense, is just walking backwards through time. The blessing here is that because you are choosing how to experience your own ascension, your own reintegration, since it has already happened, now you understand as a creator and a chooser how you want to do it, you see. There's not a destiny. There is not some predetermined path for you. You are not bound by, by ancestral karma. You are not bound by your own personal karma. The Creator can choose how they want to experience how they got there in the first place. So how do you want to experience it, Chambra? It is up to you. It is up to you. You make the choice. Do you want to experience it abundantly? You want to experience it uh, with good health? Then experience it. Choose it. Or do you want to fall into the trap of duality and old consciousness and do it with struggling and do it the difficult way? It's up to you. I'll give you a bit of a hint. I did it the difficult way. 
I did it about as difficult as it could get, other than St. Germain, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And I also have tried it in the easy way. With Sam, we're going to do it the easy way. We're going to breeze through it. We're going to show the world. We're going to show everyone how it can be done easily. By the way, Sam is not going to be um, what I would call excessively smart. He's not going to be um, a brilliant student. He's going to be a B student, probably, taking a look at him now. He's not going to have an IQ of 160, probably in the... Um, oh, he doesn't want us to share. <laughs> he, Sam has chosen not to be brilliant intellectually so that he can be brilliant consciously, you see. Quite a difference. He doesn't want the mind to get in the way of what can be accomplished. All the this intellectual stuff, anyway, tends to um, bog one down, and they tend to get so caught up in, in the mind. In this lifetime of yours, there's going to be tremendous breakthroughs in the understanding of what intelligence is, and how it is not just uh, from the mind, is now just not how somebody can just take tests and uh, and remember facts and figures, but in this lifetime, you're going to see how consciousness transcends the intellectual. Right now, there's such a focus on the intellectual qualities of life, the people with the, the minds, the smarts. In this lifetime, you're going to see how there becomes uh, the consciousness even overcomes the intelligence, how people appreciate consciousness. There's going to be those who try to measure consciousness, and uh, we're not recommending this at all because then it um, it becomes a game. It becomes uh, something uh, people trying to outdo each other. Consciousness just is. This is an important fact to remember, though, Shamba. You're walking back through time, not not going back to past lifetimes, none of that type of thing. But you had the experience. You've chosen the potential of consciousness at the highest level, and now you're experiencing how you got there in the first place. Let's talk for a moment now about about consciousness, about about how it is changing in the world right now. As you have seen in a few short years, there has been a rapid acceptance of new thought, of new thought. Yes, and we know some of you are cringing a bit here because you also see at the same time a constriction or, or restriction of old energies, old energy um, groups and individuals who are holding on like, like dear God to old energy things, wanting to go back to what they always say, go back to the basics. What they're saying is hold on to the past. That is part of a balancing, that is part of a energy dynamic. But for the most part, you're seeing consciousness open up at a tremendous speed the acceptance of alternative medicines, the acceptance of uh, alternative lifestyles, the acceptance of, even to a degree, of alternative spirituality is taking place rapidly in the, in the earth. And it should be. You've been helping to plant the seeds and open the pathways and the doorways for other humans now to realize that there's more to life than what they were taught 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 200 years ago, consciousness is changing at a remarkable speed right now. 
There are those who do try to measure what you would call consciousness um, levels or divine energy levels, and basically they have a, a, a type of scale that goes from uh, uh, zero to you know a thousand, twelve hundred, or whatever. The consciousness is excelling or so accelerating so rapidly right now that there are, are groups and individuals that are going right off of their scales that are opening up so rapidly that the old ways of measuring it don't apply anymore. This is going to continue, Shambra. You help to start this. You help to open up these pathways, and it's going to continue on Earth right now. New consciousness, new understanding is going to come to many, many, many. One of the things that we want to point out in this is there is going to be a tendency for <clears throat> for consciousness, the expansions of consciousness, to get caught in thought. Caught in thought. Because humans are so programmed right now that the mind is the, um, is the, uh, is the master. They're programmed that uh, there's nothing beyond the mind, and actually the mind is so small compared to what you would call overall consciousness. So they're going to get stuck in the mind, and when, consci- when a rapidly evolving consciousness gets caught in the mind, it causes tremendous collision. Many of you have experienced it in your own life. You've tried to figure out, you've tried to analyze your new consciousness, and it didn't work. You got into trouble. You basically had to give yourself an experience of um, what you call breaking down or breaking apart in order to let yourself go beyond your old mental limitations. Humanity in the developed countries, at least, is going to experience this as well. When you have consciousness moving so rapidly, but yet the mind limiting in it, something breaks, something gives. One of the difficulties and challenges right now on Earth is that your psychiatric and psychological um, belief systems, the institutions, the, the doctors, the, the whole consciousness around psychological and psychiatric care is very antiquated, very old. It's based on some very, very old premises, and it doesn't take into account things like the aspects, the total aspects of a person. Psychology deals with just one aspect. That's all it knows. It knows one dimension. And it tries to relate everything to events early on in life. It tries to relate things to um, the, the parents and the siblings and experiences along the way. But that's like trying to treat fire with a bit of gasoline. It tends not to work. And then what happens, as we've talked about before, when the psychologists and psychiatrists can't find a solution, they get frustrated and they put the patients on medications. And the medications, of course, simply cause uh, yet another backlog in the energy that's trying to open up and trying to move. Psychiatry and psychology today is trying to analyze everything. They're in the minds. It's important right now, Chambra, for those of you who are attracted to those areas, 
to start working on the new systems, the new energy ways. We don't even want to call them psychology. There's a new energy way of developing the relationship with self. That's all it is. This whole industry and whole field needs to be uh, revamped. There needs to be a new solution, and it is my firm belief, and the firm belief of Saint Germain and Kathumi, Kuan Yin, that it will be Shambhu. Not some other group, not the current organizations, but it will be Shambhu who helps to develop this new uh, psych- psychology and psychiatry, the new, the new understanding of the relationship with self. It will involve, as you know, um, it has to be put into the form of methods or understandings or curriculum, whatever you call it. But it will be so much more encompassing than things that are being done now. There's an energy dynamic that is calling for it because the current systems are not satisfying the needs of an evolving consciousness of humanity. So there is a, a calling that is coming up from humans saying we want a different way. We don't want religion. We don't want old psychology. We don't want uh, some rote self-help books. We need, we need the understanding, the new psychology of understanding and working with self. And it's going to come from Shambra. It might be a few individuals. It might be a group. It doesn't really matter how it unfolds. We're telling you that right now is the time. Through this group you put together, which is you, the Crimson Circle New Energy Company, this can come to earth now. There are those calling out for it. The the teachers of consciousness, Shambra, you're the ones who can help bring it to earth. You're going to have to package it in a way that's understandable, and palatable to those who need it, but it is coming. One of the signs of uh, consciousness, new consciousness, is they start developing um, amazing new awarenesses, and their awarenesses that most of you Shambra have to chuckle at because you went through them five or ten years of time ago. One of the things that is sweeping the world right now at a very fast pace, and, and it is a good sign, but it also has its uh, potential drawbacks, is thought focus. Thought focus. It has been around for a while, mind control, some of you call it. There are those who are being taught that things like thinking positive, thinking good positive thoughts is going to have um, um, an, an effect on their life. And it will to a degree, to a degree. It will have an initial effect, and then it will almost seem to go in reverse. It will have, will have a negative effect. Because the individual is trying to focus on happy thought only, good thought, positive thought. Well, first of all, that's a judgment to say that there's a positive thought. Thought control or thought focus doesn't take into account what we would call bad thought. We talked last month about the ability to fail as well as the ability to succeed. That causes, when you combine them together, that causes true expansion. So it is that many are going to be working with uh, thought focus. You're going to see more and more. You've 
You've been through it yourselves. You, you played with it 10 years ago, 20 years ago of time. But you know now that it goes beyond the focused thought from the mind. It can bring marginal results, but generally it will leave you empty. You all know it. You've been there and done that. Your affirmations didn't work. Well, they did for the first month or two, perhaps. They had some interesting results, and then they seemed to fall apart. By the way, at that point you lost some trust in yourself. It's a point we're going to come back to in another shout. You tried the affirmations, you tried the visualization, and it didn't work. Why? Because it came from the limitations of the mind. It came from the same place that has held you in a type of hypnotic belief system for a long time. Positive thinking is just thinking and has its limitations. True consciousness goes far beyond what the mind can even imagine today. We're not picking on the mind. We're saying there's many things far grander. Consciousness, your wholeness, your centeredness, your your beingness, whatever you want to call it, transcends the mind. And actually, the mind doesn't matter. It's not trying to to hold on. It's not trying to uh, say that it is it is the highest form. You're going to see this this interesting trend take place with the opening of consciousness, but how people limit it in their mind, and then you're going to see the the um, how do you say as the energy backs up and it has a tendency to um, explode on itself. That is why we say to you once again, the work you do as teachers, the work you do as energy movers, the work you do as Chambra is so vitally important because they're going to need it. They're going to need it. So this leads to the third point of our discussion today, developing the relationship with self. Your master's at it. Hmm. Master's at it. You've been working at it for every day of this lifetime. Generally, the human starts out at their lowest level of pure survival. And when pure survival is reached, then they work on improving their human condition. Bigger car, bigger house, a few extra dollars in the bank, and that's where their energy goes. They try to uh, be that bigger, fatter, greener caterpillar. They want more comfort, But yet they find, as some of these needs are met, that they find there is still an unrest. It is very disconcerting because they led themselves to believe that if they had some of their human comforts taken care of, they would be happy. They actually find out they are less happy than ever. The reason for that is they get depressed. They're not sure now of what they want or how to get there. They thought that they knew the answer, comfort or riches or whatever you want to call it, and it didn't get there. So they go into depression. They go into anxiety. They go into um, self-destruction many times. And in the next level, they start acquiring more of a consciousness, spiritual awareness, desire to understand how things beyond 
just the regular human condition work. You all went through this process. What is the next answer? Many of you had very affluent previous lives. Some of you had affluent lifetimes in your early years in this lifetime. And you uh, allowed that energy to go so you could focus on the spiritual and consciousness awareness. You've been working with that energy for quite some time. Finally, the human gets to the point of a point of wanting to develop a relationship with themselves. It is a spin-off or an offshoot of the spiritual and consciousness awakening. They start develop trying to find out who they are. Chamber, you know exactly what I'm saying here. This is again your story. But they often get stuck here. There hasn't been any training in developing a relationship with self, a relationship with your body, a relationship with your identity in this lifetime. You have a very, very odd relationship with yourself. Uh, we're not talking to just you, Shambhar. We're talking here to humanity in general. They have a very... Shambhar has done a phenomenal job, we have to say, in developing your own relationship with you. You're still struggling in many ways because you're coming to the next big step, which we'll talk about in just a moment. After this commercial break. (laughs) 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 So, Shambhra, you are... you've developed... beginning to develop that relationship with self, and other humans will be coming this way. We're telling this to you, teachers, so you know you understand what's going on. It's it's your path, but sometimes you don't know how to articulate it. One of the first things you learn to do is start to develop a relationship with your body. It's rather difficult because there is an association with the physical body, but also a, actually a disgust or a, a wanting to have a disassociation from the physical. You curse your body because what it is keeps you here. On earth, you've gone through difficult births, you've been in car accidents, you've been beat a few times, and you blame your body. So it creates a very warped relationship. You think of yourself as your body, but you don't necessarily admire that body for many, many reasons. So part of the whole process of developing the relationship starts with the body. When Teachers, when you get a human to start talking to their body, rather than running from the body. You've made a big step. You get them to breathing into their body. That's a huge step. Oh, it is. Humans resist the breathing. We see it all the time. They take a few breaths and say, okay, I'm done. (laughs) That was enough of uh, Andra for one day. Because true breathing demands being in the present moment, and so many humans are out of their body. It demands being in this reality right now. True breathing starts to open up consciousness and awareness, and while that might sound good to you, most humans have a hard time handling the limited consciousness they're in. They don't want more consciousness. They don't know what they want, but they don't want more consciousness. To them it's overwhelming on every part of them. 
As a human develops the relationship with themselves, they also start developing a relationship with their mind to the point where the mind is no longer their mistress. Their mind is no longer the seducer. Their mind is no longer the game. They understand their mind for what it is, a part of them, but not all of them. The mind is no longer the battlefield. The mind is no longer the thing that is constantly disorienting them. You see, most people blame it on the mind. It's not. The mind serves a very sacred and blessed purpose. It's not the mind causing the disorientation. That's why we say humans are going to get stuck in this evolving consciousness at a certain point because it is mind-focused, because they don't know anything beyond the mind. They've never felt their soul or their spirit. When they talk about it, listen to them talking about their soul, some of them, they have no clue. <laughs> it is from the mind, and the mind doesn't know. The mind hasn't experienced it yet. As a person develops a relationship with their body and their mind, the next thing they start developing is the relationship with their, what you would call, spirit or divinity. This is where you're at right now, Shambra. You are learning to develop that full relationship with yourself, with what you would call your soul. We're going to change that name in, in an upcoming shout, and we'll explain to you later why we're doing that. You're developing a relationship that goes beyond the identity that you are right now, but developing a relationship with your full self. And it's not what you have thought it would be. It's not going to be what you can even think it is today. Yourself, your divine, your soul, something quite different. You're in the process of developing a relationship with it. Sometimes it seems that you'll never find it, that you are out of sync with it, out of balance with it, or perhaps your soul is off somewhere else. Well, it actually has been. <laughs> <laughs> But now you're developing a new relationship with yourself, with your soul, with your spirit, whatever you want to call it. It transcends the human relationship you have, it transcends what you have thought it would be. We're going to be discussing more of this in the upcoming Shouds, and you're going to find an interesting correlation in this new relationship with self that you are going through, and also the progression and the evolution of technology, the very reason Tesla is with us today. You're going to find uh, incredible insights on your part, incredible, what you would call interdimensional understandings as this new relationship with self is developed. On to the fourth and final point of the shout. A point that is going to cause much discussion, much m tremendous misunderstanding, tremendous collisions, everything else we can think of. We're going to throw it out there because we love to watch energy move. <laughs> You're going to see how there are intellectual debates, but a lack of true feeling and sensing. We know it already. We see it. We see the storms on the horizon. 
We're going to um, share something with you. We shared in a small group with Shambhur recently. Something that, uh, how to say, goes against the grain uh, of contemporary uh, consciousness. We're going to tell you, Shambra, do not compromise anymore. Do not compromise anymore. One of the reasons for the disassociation with your soul between the human self and the soul self has been the human propensity to compromise over and over. Your energies in your body are highly compromised. Energies in your mind are so compromised that you don't even know or remember who you are. You've compromised yourself. Now, here's where the debate comes in. There's a difference between being stubborn (laughs) and not compromising. We are talking about you with yourself, with your core values, your core beliefs, your core essence. Don't compromise it with yourself or with others. We're not talking about day-to-day when you're at a traffic light and uh, what do you call a four-way stop and you say, I'm not going to compromise this morning, I'm going to go right through. (laughs) There is cooperation that is needed. We're talking about when you compromise your core values to either try to appease other people or more likely because you're afraid of being your own I am and because you're searching for yourself, your awareness, in other people or outside of you. You compromise when you search outside of you, period. I want that put on a pen. (laughs) Because humans love pens for some reason. (laughs) We'll have it done next week. Indeed. You compromise yourself when you search outside of you for the answers. You compromise yourself when you're always giving in to other people and letting them come and feed on you. You compromise yourself when you have a core belief or a core passion, something that excites you, but you're afraid to expose it to the world, so you notch it back 20 gears. You compromise yourself when you know something, but then the doubt comes in. You hold back. You know what happens when you hold back energy in the new energy? It comes out anyway. It will explode. It doesn't matter. It wants the joy of expression. It wants the joy of expansion. And if you hold it back because you're compromising yourself, it's going to come out anyway. (laughs) And St. Germain and I will come in and have to pick up all the pieces, try to put you back together, Humpty Dumpty. (laughs) No compromising. Do not compromise your core values. Again, this doesn't mean don't cooperate with others, but there have been too many times recently, in the last couple of years, where we are watching you, we are tuning into you, and we see you are so lit up, so excited, so in a knowingness, but the moment you walk out that door of your house, you compromise yourself. Why? Maybe 
you don't believe in yourself strongly enough. Maybe you haven't developed that relationship with yourself. Maybe you distrust yourself. Maybe you're afraid of the world outside of you. It's going to crush you. It's going to ridicule you. Well, they're already ridiculing you anyway. What does it matter now? <laughs> this has to do with being true to yourself. Being true to yourself. Now, it would be interesting to see how you're going to debate this, what you perceive to be compromising yourself. But your homework for this next month is to take a look at how often you are compromising, how often you are giving up your energy, how often you are looking outside of yourself for the answers or relying on other things or other people, including us angelic beings. <laughs> Then take a look. Every time you compromise yourself, what it does to your energy. You see, watch how energy plummets, how energy falls, and you go back into old consciousness. You flee back to old and uh, puny belief systems. You hide behind those like, like a, a coward would hide behind trees. No compromises, Chambra. And so it is. <laughs>